It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are now heading into the worst of the 1990s. The big three are gone. Reggie Lewis passes away. Boston Celtics are hitting rock bottom. It's a Monday Locked On Celtics. Millies, let's go. John Corrales here, welcoming you back to another Locked On Celtics historical deep dive. We are now past the dream team and heading into really the worst period in Boston Celtics history. Larry Bird retires, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish are both going to go, Reggie Lewis passes away. It's it's really the worst stretch that you can imagine in Boston Celtics history. This this mid 1990s. We're going to cover that 1992 season before we get to ML Carr. That's that's the period we're covering here. And this is brought to you by Built Bar. If you go to builtbar.com, you can get the best tasting protein bar on the market. Tastes just like a candy bar for $10 off your first purchase. So get a box of them. Get two, get three, whatever. Get Take advantage of this deal. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you can get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. It's a great-tasting protein bar. It has all the protein you want without the sugar, without the calories, without the carbs. So go check it out at BuiltBar.com. Okay, RedsArmy.com, Mike Dynan, Chuck McKenney. Joining me now to get us into the worst period in Celtics history. 92. Gold medal, birds last hurrah. Now we get back to the Boston Celtics. The 92-93 season, which my... Do we have to? Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Okay. So, <laughs> this 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 is not a good season. This is a, this is a bad season for the Boston Celtics. Uh, the My lasting image of this season is... Uh, I believe it was Alonzo Mourning hitting the jumper at the top of the key, right? Mm-hmm. And then falling down with his arms up in the air as the Charlotte Hornets beat the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. Forgot yes, about that. That is what happened. I'll in the never last forget second. That. I'll never forget that. I mean, they that was that was a first of all a seven game series, and they lost to the Hornets three games to one. So it wasn't like they, it was a, a game seven game winner, but this was the Charlotte Hornets, an expansion team. Uh, I don't know when they came into existence, but it wasn't. They weren't around for very long at that point. Uh, I just remember. I remember Kevin McHale looking just horrible. I also remember Kevin McHale hitting threes this season, and uh, I remember that Alonzo Mourning shot like that image of him at the top of the key with his arms up. That's that's one of those flashpoint memories uh, of Celtics history. Yeah, and that should have never come to that because 
Um, right before that, the Celtics had the lead, a one-point lead, and they had the ball, and they had trouble getting it over half court, and they called timeout. So then they set up a play to get it in bounds, and Rick Fox caught the inbounds pass. And we haven't talked about Rick Fox too much here, but he was a, a good defensive player, had a knack for steals, uh, but he also would make the bonehead play once in a while. And in this particular occasion, he made the bonehead play. He got the pass. He had like two seconds to get it over half court, and he dribbled. Nobody was in front of him, and he hesitated at the last moment. I remember and they that. called him for a 10-second violation. It was 10, then, not 8. Charles got the ball back, and that's when Morning hit that shot. And then after that, um, I remember this because it was the last play of Kevin McHale's career. They had less than a second left, and they're down one, and they set up an alley-oop pass to D. Brown. So McHale from out of bounds at midcourt throws the pass. It looked pretty good, and it sure looked like D. Brown got fouled, but they didn't call it. And that was the end of the series. That was the first series that Charlotte had won as a, after being uh, an expansion team. Now that now that Charlotte team, I like that Charlotte team actually. They had Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues, Muggsy Bogues, who by the way had a brief stint with the Rhode Island Gulls of the United States Basketball League um, with Manute Bull. With Manute Bull, yes. yes, I saw them. I saw them play at Rhode Island College. That's amazing. Yeah. The old Rhode Island Gulls. You know, I've actually looked for a Rhode Island Gulls jersey. I think that'd be an amazing, a Muggsy Bogues or Manute Bowl Rhode Island Gulls throwback jersey. They, somebody should make that. Cause I would totally wear that. Yeah, that's good nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but that that Charlotte team was, was pretty good. Del Curry, Steph's dad, was on that team. He was a pretty good player. Um, so they, that wasn't, that wasn't a team that you had shame losing to Larry Johnson, Kendall Gill, Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues, Johnny Newman wasn't, eh. but Del Curry coming off the bench. Uh, that, that wasn't a bad team. I remember once when I was working out in like high school and I was eating a Snickers bar and someone looked at me and said, you're burning the candle on both ends, huh? And I was just kind of confused because I was a dumb kid when it comes to nutrition and all that stuff. Now I can go ahead and have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and be eating healthy because I'm going to be reaching for a built bar that has 15 grams of protein at least, but only has about 110 to 170 or so calories without all the extra unnecessary sugar, without all the extra unnecessary carbs. It's chewy. It tastes great. It's great if you want to have it in the morning as part of your breakfast. If you want to use it as part of something uh, for your workouts, maybe you want to eat it right after a workout, get those nutrients into your body when it's craving things to rebuild those muscles that you've torn through your lifting. Anything you want to do, whether you're uh, just looking for something to give you a little bit of energy on the go, or whether you're a hardcore athlete, Built Bar is going to get you exactly what you want, and it's going to taste great while you're doing it. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON 
Locked on is the promo code. You get $10 off your first purchase. So you can stock up right away. You can go through and fill a, a box of different flavors, or you can go look at the flavors and figure out which ones you like. There's ones with nuts. There's ones without nuts. If you have a nut allergy, gluten-free. So it's something for everybody. It tastes delicious. You're going to get protein, no calories, no extra calories, no extra sugars, no extra carbs. It's going to be a good, delicious snack, a good, delicious bit for your health uh, to add to your workout routine. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked on for ten dollars off your first purchase. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics. Your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And now, of course, obviously, obviously, game one of that series is the other thing that's just burned in all of our memories. Reggie Lewis falling to the floor, collapsing. Um, and that's the the kind of... the the first that's the indication like what's going on what's happening to him um he collapsed in game one the celtics obviously went on to win game one but reggie lewis at that point was was boston's best player uh he was uh an all-star caliber player he'd made the all-star game uh the year before his his numbers the next year were exactly the same uh, 20.8 points per game, uh, four and a half rebounds per game. His assists actually went up. His steals, one and a half steals per game. The the numbers were really good. He could shoot. He could defend. I mean, he's the guy that blocked Michael Jordan three times. Reggie Lewis was awesome, and he was their best player, and he collapses in this game. Now, we didn't talk much about Reggie Lewis throughout the 90s now. 88-89-90 is his second good season. 88-89 is his first good season. But throughout the first three years of the 90s, Reggie Lewis is like, okay, we're, we, we see we see it in this kid. He's shooting like 50% from the field. He's not a big three-point shooter, but the three-point shot wasn't an emphasis back then. I mean, he, could, he could drive it. He could get to the line. He could defend. And all of a sudden, he's on the floor. That, that 
don't know. You guys remember what, what's going through your heads when you're seeing that moment? No, I mean, I, it's 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 kind of it's my memory from that series. I mean, as you were talking about Morning raising his hands after hitting that shot for me, you know, that is, you know, right below just watching Reggie kind of trip up, kind of like stagger. And then, you know, it's almost like he tripped up and then um, went down. Um, and then obviously we know, you know, what happened, but in the moment you're thinking, well, you know, he's going to be okay. They'll, they'll get him checked out. It was, you know, but clearly that didn't happen, but you know, you're not, and you're really not under, you're not overselling his ascension, right? I mean, he was, he was coming into, I think he was a 27. He, he had a few years under his belt. He was, he was elevating his game. You could, you could see it. And I can see that smooth ass just pull up jump shot that he had um, with that Reggie Lewis form. Like he, he was just so smooth. Um, but clearly, you know, he plays this series and, and um, you know, I'm not crazy to think that they that they that they win. He was by far and away the Celtics best player. Um, and it was just, you know, I mean, my my memories of Reg are are a bit clouded by all of the all of the sort of um, legal stuff that happened afterwards. Um, just working in news, John, like you and I did, um, you know, the all the times we spent covering the, the, the trial, the malpractice suit and all that stuff. But I just, that clouds my memory of Reg. Um, but, 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 um, because it was just like, you could, you could never close the book. You could never like, you know, it was sad. It was tragic. And that was it. You know, it everything about him through, throughout the nineties and even, I don't know, it could have been the early two thousands, um, was, was tied into this like malpractice suit and his and his wife and stuff and it just really became um, just another sad part to his to his legacy um, and that may not be the case for everybody but for me that that was just part of my work life at the time but you know I I just re- I I remember that and, and in the moment thinking he he'll be okay you know it's uh, he'll just he'll 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 shake it off but we did have Hank Gathers at that point. Right, he Hank Gathershead happens about four years before. Right. So the sort of you know uh, heart arrhythmia or uh, heart, I mean at least from just thinking about play injuries that affect players, you had Hank Gathers, um, and Reggie just seemed healthy, and Reggie was squeaky clean, right? There was at least at the time there was no sort of like he was living this, you know, it's not like it was Dennis Rodney who was collapsing and you were thinking, Oh shit, what's going on? Reggie was squeaky clean. Yeah. You just, yeah. you know, for me it was like, Oh, you know, he's going to be okay. And that was the farthest from the truth. But then we started you know? hearing about the, you know, people started to say, well, was it cocaine? And you know, you, we'd already seen, you know, it, it, Len bias, Len bias wasn't known as a, you know, a bad guy either. Uh, but cocaine was a, a problem in, uh, in around that time anyway. And they never proved that there was never people threw the cocaine thing out there. Um, and he had, he had acknowledged using it at some point, but he said that, that they never found any proof that that was any sort of, uh, factor in his 
in his death. But the fact that they even threw that out there, they say, oh, wow, cocaine. And, you know, all you're kind of smearing the guy. Uh, and then, you know, people like you and me, Chuck, we remember, I'm sure all Celtics fans at the time remember Dr. Gilbert Mudge, the guy yeah. that was the, the doctor who said that, uh, no, he's, he's, he's actually not, it's, it's not so bad. There's a way for him to come back. There were so many offshoots of that story. Like, were, were the Lewises hunting around for a doctor that would tell them what they wanted to hear? And was Mudge negligent in telling them things that maybe, maybe he did tell them what they wanted to hear and, and all of that stuff. So it got ugly after the fact. In the moment, there was the immediate like, oh, my God, he's got a heart issue. And that whole not only is he not going to be OK, but he, you know, just, they lose the series. And 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 then that summer. All of a sudden he dies. In the moment, um, for me, I felt like. How is this happening again? Um you know, like we already had gone through that with bias. Unthinkable that you could lose a player like that, lose a, a human being. And in bias's case, you know, we hadn't even gotten to know him yet. And it was tragic. And Reggie was everybody loved him because he was a local guy. You know, as far as he went to college at Northeastern um, and he did the turkey giveaways at Thanksgiving and very involved in the community. And like you both said, he was a, a rising star. You could see he was going to be possibly a superstar. I mean, he had the year before in the playoffs, 92, he averaged 28 points a game. Um, he had a 42 point game against Cleveland. I mean, he could play. And all of the hopes for the future were riding on him. And then I remember watching the game where he collapsed and he was just running by himself and he fell. And I thought, did he trip on something? Because I just saw, realized suddenly that he was on the floor and he didn't get right up. He, he sat up and had his legs crossed in front of him and had a look on his face like, what just happened to me? And it was scary. And, uh, yeah, uh, the thing that got me, and I don't mind saying that, I'd, I cried a lot when Reggie Lewis died. I couldn't hold it in. Um, what got me was he had the, what they called the dream team of doctors, cardiologists, and they advised him that he should retire because he had, this condition, cardiomyopathy, that uh, could be fatal. And I think you were right, John. He he and his wife looked for another doctor who would tell him what he wanted to hear, which was, no, you have something else, and it, it's not going to be um, that dangerous, and you can probably play again. Whether that was true or not, you know, he just, Reggie went out and was practicing or shooting on a court in the summer and collapsed. And when I heard that news, it was like, you know, I got hit with a hammer. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. I still really have trouble believing that it all happened that way. And then, yeah, after the fact, the whole thing with the 
the questions of was there a misdiagnosis or, you know, did he do something, drug use or whatever, to uh, damage his heart. It was just too much. We're all busy, but I've got a secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. I know you don't have a lot of time. Even in this pandemic, you've got school with your kids or Zoom meetings with work. You're still trying to do stuff, and it's not you don't always have the same time to dedicate to your own personal enhancement. But with this secret weapon, Blinkist, it's going to solve your problems. It's really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, web browser. It takes the number one takeaways, the best takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books. It boils it down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. This is the best part. Successful people, business leaders, you hear us talk about Brad Stevens reading books all the time. Blinkist is made for the busiest of people, busy people just like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly. You can start learning and using that information right away. With its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during a commute, a lunch break, during a workout, whatever. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library. It's got things like self-help books, business, health, History, the latest titles from bestseller lists, as well as classic nonfiction titles that you always meant to read, but you never had time to. I use Blinkist in the car. I just load it up for a long drive, and while some people will listen to a whole audiobook for a long drive, I'm downloading a bunch of Blinkist books and getting the main takeaways, the big bullet point takeaways from multiple books. So I'm basically getting the meat of five, six, seven, eight books while someone else is reading one book on tape. So that is going to give me an edge. So you can get the same edge by going to Blinkist and getting unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want to read, all the books you want for one low price. Just go to Blinkist.com slash NBA right now for a limited time. Blinkist has this special offer. Blinkist.com slash NBA. You can try it free for seven days and save 25% off a new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts.
Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. He died. It was, it was three days after my 20th birthday. Um, and I was, I remember I was home. I was in college at the time. Um, actually, that was, yeah, that was the summer after my sophomore year. Uh, so here I am, you know, college kid, basketball player in Boston, grew up a Celtics fan. Reggie Lewis is like the the next guy. And like I'm I just I just I, that was a tough time. I mean, I remember watching I, I have this vision of him the the funeral. First of all, the image of him on the floor with his head kind of bowed and his, you know, his knees up and that confusion. Uh, that's always going to be etched in my memory. I just remember these, these aerial shots of all of the people lining the route for his funeral. I mean, that, that's, that, that's a tough, that was a tough time for, I mean, for all Celtics fans, but yeah, I'm not ashamed to say, I mean, I was crying. That, that was just, that was a. I don't know how else you say it. It's hard to say because what else can you say besides this is a horrible moment? It's one of these one of these moments you're like, what what is going on? And now from a, a Celtics perspective, from a basketball perspective, there's this team that's been blessed with all this great luck throughout their history. We've already talked about it on this podcast where you know, the territorial pick that landed them Heinsohn and trading the ice capades for Bill Russell and all of these things that lined up and you, you get Cowens and you get all these other guys. Everything is panning out. Everything's coming up gold. And now all of a sudden you lose Len Bias and, and you lost Reggie. It's happening again in the course of what? Seven years. It's happening again. And then on top of it, the league didn't even give the, the Celtics, any sort of ability to recover from this, they didn't give them the uh, any sort of salary cap relief. They they didn't allow that, so they they couldn't even recover from a basketball perspective. Like that was just you just got to deal with it, which was on top of everything, just <laughs> kicking them in the teeth. Yeah, I mean this this was the when you when you move past the tragedy of it all, this was the like wow we're effed moment. You know what I mean? Like, are we cursed here? Um, you take, you strip him off the roster, and you look at what's left, and um, things things were pretty bleak. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's tough. It's tough to just I'm just thinking back on, you know, what basketball, you know, what watching the Celtics was like post Reggie. Um, and it, it just wasn't a lot of fun. I, you know, images of Eric Montross are popping in my head. <laughs> Sherman Douglas, and you know what I mean. But that's that's what it was. You know, when you when you when you when you kind of move past the tragedy and focused on the team on the court, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It just wasn't it wasn't you know. And for the first time in you know, even as the Celtics were aging and not, you know, winning championships, they still were having moments of, you know, like we talked about 
whether it was Bird's appearance on the Dream Team or beating the Pacers or that Bird's game against the Blazers um, or D. Brown. Um, but now, you know, you'd really – it's just things got dark, for lack of a you know better word. Things got dark, and it just – it wasn't a lot of fun on the court. No. The 1993 season ends with that loss. The next – I mean, they they only make the playoff playoffs once the rest of the decade. They don't make the playoffs again until 2002. Uh, they, 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 they make the playoffs in 94-95. It's a first-round loss. That's it. This is the longest stretch of not making the playoffs in, in, in years. The Celtics prior to that had never gone more than two years without making the playoffs. Then all of a sudden, they went six years without making the playoffs, uh, which is unheard of, unheard of. Uh, and and we get into the 1993-94 season, and this is this is the like the first of the dark ages. This is now the unfair situation that uh, D Brown was put in. 1993 NBA draft. Let's go ahead and go there. Uh, AC Earl in the first round with the 19th pick. AC Earl oh. center out of Iowa. Oh boy, that was a who? that was a doozy. <laughs> that was the reaction was who? Yeah. So a lot of people didn't know what to make of it. Um, the the draft luck. Really runs out. We, we talk so much about the Celtics picking up all these guys in the draft. Um, and, and the Celtics really had gone a long time without hitting in the draft anyway. The 80s wasn't exactly a big draft uh, bonanza either, aside from Len Bias and Reggie Lewis. But uh, they got Rick Fox in 91. The 92 draft got John Barry and Darren Morningstar. Uh, and now they're getting A.C. Earl in 1993. Um, and A.C. Earl... I, I, I started this whole series by saying Jurassic Earl. And and I remember joking about AC Earl calling him poetry in slow motion. Like he was just big, slow, dinosaur. Like I, I don't know what they were ever thinking with this guy. You know how, um, to put it in perspective for today's fans, you know how, Kendrick Perkins looked run down the court. Boom, 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 boom. That was AC Earl, but slower. <laughs> he was, he was, oh, he, a, was a... he was a lard ass, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, um, nobody really knew what to expect out of him because really, I don't think a lot of people were familiar with him and, uh, we really didn't know what need he was going to fill. But, yeah, the the team without Reggie Lewis anymore also didn't have Mikhail, who had retired. Right. And uh, D. Brown actually led the team in scoring that year, 15 points a game. Um, the one good thing that happened was Dino Rodgick came to the team. He had been drafted uh, a few years earlier with a second-round pick, but he was playing in Europe. So he came over, and he was a solid guy for the Celtics for four seasons. And um, 
But yeah, 32 wins, they missed the playoffs. The, the Celtics that year became irrelevant. That was the worst thing out of that. That's the way I think about it anyway, that they became irrelevant to the league. Nobody cared about them anymore. No, that's that's the best way to put it. That's the best way to put it. Because when we eventually when we get to talking about uh, Kevin Garnett, 2008 is when I feel like true, honest-to-goodness Celtics, Celtic pride returned to Boston. And we're here talking about the 1993-94 season. This is it's all gone. It takes all of that time, uh, like 14 years, you extend it 15 years. Like Celtic pride is, is gone and it's gone for a long time. Uh, and again, this is, this is Dave Gavitt's kind of reign. Uh, we're about to get into ML Carr in, in a couple of seasons uh, this is this is the beginning of a real bad time and a complete miscalculation on so many levels in drafts, in hiring, in giving up power. And in... all right, I'm going to back up because I'm about to get into a Rick Pitino thing, and he's not coming up for a few more seasons. It's just looming over <laughs> me right now. <laughs> Wait a minute, I, I'm confident. That Dominique Wilkins is going to turn this team around. <laughs> <laughs> that that's true. Do, that's we, true. do we even remember Neek's one? Was did he have one or two seasons on, on the Celtics? I I, I know one he, season, one, one done, one season before going to Greece and playing in Greece. Uh, but look, I loved Dino Raja. I thought Dino Raja. I mean that guy was like I thought he he was like a Croatian like mafia member like he he just came he had that look like I'm for sure he was like drinking shots of vodka and smoking cigarettes in the locker room before games <laughs> like Dino was just so badass but I I remember sitting there having arguments in college saying they need to they need to really go through Dino Raja a whole lot more like they need to play him more at that point, they were playing like 30 minutes again. I'm like, you got to really go through Dean Araja. He, he's the guy. Hey, look, he averaged like 20, almost 20 and 10 in 95, 96. It's not like he was a scrub. He wasn't bad. He was not a scrub at all. He was one of the most effective players. Maybe that was one of the problems. They didn't have anybody who was, I mean. It was exactly the I'm, problem. Mike. I am not taking anything away from Dino. He was good. Okay. He was very good. Um, but he should have been just one of the parts, you know, not one of the stars. Dino Raja is a Hall of Famer. For his play in Europe, mostly. Yes. Almost yes. entirely. But I just like mm. to say Dino Raja is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the image—I just—I just love the image of him like pulling on a Marlboro in the in, in the locker room, which I guarantee you happened, uh, because that's just the kind of guy he was. But anyway, the '93 '94 Celtics. Um, other than I think I think this is notable for a couple of things. Uh, Kevin McHale had retired the year before. And then this is the end of 
Robert Parrish. Now, Robert Parrish goes on to, to play uh, a little bit more after the season, but this 93-94 season is his last in Boston, and it wasn't a horrible season. He's 40 years old, but he's still, you know, averaging about 12 points and seven rebounds a game. I mean, he's out there doing work, 27 minutes a game. Uh, then he goes off to Charlotte. He signs with the Hornets, and then he goes to Chicago and gets a champ, you know, one last ring with the Bulls. But uh, this is this is his last season in Boston. So the 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 last remnant of the big three is this is it. Goodbye. You know, we yeah. didn't um, we didn't talk about one thing with the Chiefs um, in the ninety two ninety three season. As badly as that ended, there was a little humor in there um, in February that season. He uh, had the incident where he got the delivery of the FedEx <laughs> package at his house that had some wacky tobacco in it, um, some weed. Go and he got caught. And he just got a fine. I don't think he was suspended. Um but it was amusing because um, there used to be a sign in the garden that somebody would bring every game and said, hail to the chief. Well, that became inhale to the chief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nowadays, you could just we, go down to the dispensary down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't need any special delivery now. That's hilarious. I mean, what a way to go out. Chuck, any marijuana-related stories to share? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I was just looking at the roster. You know, I'm so when the chief peels off, right, and then the following season, you look at that roster of players, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just quite a collection. It's um, bad. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just you could tell that they were trying to, you know, they're sticking with draft picks too long. They had Xavier McDaniel and they had Dominique Wilkins. They had some, you know, free agent signings and Purvis Ellison was on the. It's just, it's oh, just, it's oh, just, wow. There are, you know, guys oh, I had God. never heard of. Um, it, it, it was. Uh, I'm surprised I have any recoll- recollect- recollection of that team. We're uh, talking about '94, '95. Yeah. You mean yeah. They, their center rotation was Montrose, AC Earl, and Purvis Ellison, and you weren't happy with that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Montrose, Montrose was 1994. Montrose was. If you look up "big white stiff" in the dictionary, his picture is there. You know, <laughs> he was. He was. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> He, he was, was fine in college. He was good in college, right? Like draft he was okay. Pick, no. Yeah. Not yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. I, <laughs> if he had played in the Mikan era, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he was okay in college, but he wasn't. He wasn't like he was great. But he, I think he, he was just on. He was on UNC, and he was okay. So it was like, right? You know, right. that was, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, AC Earl and. Purvis Ellison on the same team that they could race molasses uphill in the winter and lose that. Team. <laughs> uh, Purvis Ellison just, was the number one pick in the entire draft. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. yeah. That's bad. That's bad. It is. Yeah. 
Uh, Not by the Celtics. No. At least they didn't have that on them. Right. Um, He actually did have a decent season. He had one, two good seasons in Washington, uh, and then it all fell apart. Um, uh, Did he have an injury or something? Um, Or maybe his injury was just not caring. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and so with this, I think there's not much to talk about in the '93-'94. I mean, the '90 and, and the '94-'95 seasons. These two seasons are maybe the most forgettable seasons in Celtics history. Um, at least as we move forward to ni- the '96-'97 seasons. You're seeing like, okay, ML Carr takes over. They're they're starting to lose with a purpose in those seasons. So, <clears throat> but these these teams, ninety four, ninety five, they actually make the playoffs um, and lose in the first round, uh, and, and that's it for a while. And they they, they only had thirty five wins that season, and yet yeah. they made the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know if that was good or bad. Uh, yeah. And they got rolled by the magic, uh, with yeah. the Shaq that, Penny magic. That was the end of the garden too. That's right. That you was the that. last season of Boston garden. So the final game in the garden was a loss to eliminate them from the playoffs to the magic. Well, at that point it was probably about time for both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love the old garden. It was time for that building to go. And it's time for mm. these uh Boston Celtics to go. Uh this this now is the second half of this decade is whew. At least it's notable. At least we can we can look to moments that we remember. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, not so fondly, right? But there were a few in there, um, and I think you know it's funny how in the early part of the '90s we, there were some moments that were um, memorable, right? Um, but then it, there really was that period post Reggie up until I don't know maybe they they drafted Tuan or Patino gets there where like Mike said they were irrelevant. Um, and that is almost the worst, right? I mean, at least when Patino was here, there was some relevance. It was um, catastrophically bad, but people were talking about them <laughs> as opposed to being irrelevant. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, least, and Twitter wasn't relevance. even around then. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't imagine if Twitter was around back then. I've said it a million times. I'm glad Twitter wasn't around for like the Larry Bird years, but imagine what we're going through right now in the mid nineties with a social media element involved. And now when we get into tomorrow's show and the rest of the week, we're going to get into the ML car era. We're going to get into the Rick Pitino era extended discussion about those things and, and what ML Carr did to kind of, you know, take one for the team with the Boston Celtics and our feelings of when Rick Patino was hired. Uh, we look back on it now with real issues, but 
it really wasn't that bad uh, at, at the moment. And at that time, we thought, hey, this is going to be awesome. So that's all coming up in the podcasts for the rest of the week. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed. If you have already subscribed, a five-star rating and a good written review would be fantastic. Also, please visit our sponsor for the show, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. Uh, It's a great protein bar. It's delicious. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It is really the best-tasting protein bar you're going to find. And if you compare it to the other protein bars on the market, you'll see... The calories are lower, the carbs are lower, the sugars are lower, so you're going to get all that taste, that all that protein, without all the extra stuff. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. That's the show. Now tell your smart device to play the next episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.